This episode of Stay Risky was recorded and brought to you by Engine Room Recording Company. I came around here looking for a way and found myself outside with everybody else. Our guest today will be Nakosha with Radio Cake, which is uh, out of Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, and Radio Cake is a local label, in quotation marks. Uh, uh, thank you so much, Nakosha, for being here with us today. I'm very excited to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and then, of course, my good co-host, Bram Epstein. I'm also here. here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're just going to dive in. Um, I'm. Uh, this show will be a little bit different than our previous shows, but I have lots to talk about with you. Um, I feel like we're akin spirits on some level here. So uh, let's go ahead and start for those listening uh, who don't know yet, uh, or even those who do know you a little bit, but maybe not enough. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and how Radio Cake came about. So I'm just an average person. I'm like a mom in her 40s who nice. likes punk rock. So that, yeah. I, I always just try to say like nothing fancy. Yeah. But um, Radio Cake Records was sort of this dream I had ever yeah. since I was a kid going out to see punk rock bands. Yeah. So you know, 14 years old, I remember, I think I, I told you this little story that I was at a in-store yeah. record. Um, and who was the band again? Seven Seconds. Yes, it was. And <laughs> I remember just being like, oh, this is it. This is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. And I think from that moment on, I just had this little dream like, oh, I'm going to have a record label. I'm going to have, yeah. well, of course, that's not like something I went and did, but it was a dream I held in my heart probably yeah. my whole life. Yeah. And then um, I guess in like, 2018 I was having a conversation with a friend of mine and um he you might know him Jason Thomason okay he was in a band called Project Battle Cap he's one of the original members of the Ataris oh yeah I know the Ataris yeah yeah. he's in a so he had a band with my brother (laughs) um, called In Calico and I was like man this you know this last batch of songs you guys wrote are so good like you really should be on a label like what 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 could we do to get you on a label and I just remember being like wait this is stupid. Why don't I just start a label? Yeah. Like, so it really came from an organic place. Like yeah. I was a fan of my brother's band. Okay. And then I just started kind of asking around to friends and bands. And I'm a huge, 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 huge Shadeland fan. Who? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I am and too. <laughs> they were the first band that I asked to jump on. And I remember them just being like, yeah, that sounds cool. Like nobody was like, you're crazy. What do you know? What are you doing? That's sure. punk rock, though. They're like, oh, you're starting it. Yeah. Sure. People, yeah, yeah. Were, people were overwhelmingly <laughs> nice about yeah. doing this side hustle with me. And I it just kind of took off and it became something that I just you know, adore doing. I want to come back to Shayla and we're going to talk about it because I have to tell them my first meeting of Brad Hudgens, which is one of my favorite stories. Uh, but the uh, label piece, label is such a broad term nowadays, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Um, back in the day, label meant they were doing the booking, they were doing the marketing. Um, it was everything. It was a you know, one-stop shop. And, you know, in the 80s and 90s, labels were just giving away money on the off chance that a band would take off, especially during the big grunge movement. Every Every band who had a crunchy guitar and a loud amp got a label deal, right? Yeah. Uh, but nowadays it's so different because labels are more sync marketing. They're not really doing a lot of booking. Uh, there's more separation and delegation. Um, so for you with Radio Cake and just what your goals are, uh, what what does label mean to those listening? So for me, I think I did have that old school, you know, 
thing in my head of what mm -hmm. a label is, sure, especially sure. an independent record label. Like yeah. in my head, it was like sub pop, yeah. right? That's that's the, yeah, the yeah. top tier for sure. me. Like yeah. that would be the coolest thing, a label that's so great that it puts the city that it's from on the map, that the bands on it are phenomenal, right. that you will go search out bands you've never heard of because they're associated with that label. Right. So in my head, that's what Indie Label was. But once I dug in and started doing it, it occurred to me that like, it's anything you want it to be. There Absolutely. aren't any rules. Yeah. And I did have some music business experience in my past. I was a manager for a musician for many, many years. And in my 20s, I toured around the country. I worked as a manager for this musician. And mm -hmm. um, I had like college radio experience. So I, I had known, I'd gone to South by Southwest. I, I knew some music business, yeah. right? I yeah. knew some stuff. But I didn't really understand, um, you know, how... DIY indie labels are. Mm -hmm. So like when I started it, I thought, oh, I'm going to have to get a business loan. I'm going to have to have all this money. I'm going to have to have a business plan. I'm going to have to map right. this out. And like once I started doing it and meeting other people and talking to other people, right. and I was on like a forum with a bunch of indie labels. And yeah. I realized these are just everyday normal people doing yep. it from yep. their garage, their yep. living room. Yep. They've got their laptop on the counter while yeah. they're giving their four-year-old a bath. Yeah. Like <laughs> this, I'm telling you, these are normal people, yeah. right? Just, <clears throat> just, piecing it together however and almost every single person that owns an indie label also has another job half the time i'm talking to a venue uh or an artist one of my kids is in the background dad hey hey dad yeah that's, that's... <laughs> like constantly and guess what? he's out there right now <laughs> like i hate yeah. to take the veil off for the yeah. people that think music business is so yeah. rock star and cool it's literally just a bunch of people in their 30s and 40s yeah. doing it for fun yeah. sure. like that's every indie label so yeah. Early on, I was like, oh, I can't call myself a label. Like, even someone said to me, like, this isn't a real label. And I remember just having a little bit of, like, I don't know, imposter syndrome about yeah. it. And as I started meeting more people, yeah. I started realizing, oh, I'm as legit as anyone else. Like, yeah. how, do you, how do you respond to somebody that would that say something like that so directly to you? Something that you're passionate about this. You know what your vision is. And that can develop over time. But for somebody to say, oh, this isn't a label, my immediate reaction would be, okay, well, what's a label? Tell me, because yeah, to I me, think, that's a negative thing. Yeah, and I would I be like, okay, me, well, it, then, and be insightful then. <laughs> I, I think that I like my feelings were hurt for a hot minute, sure. right? And then after that, I was like, well, you can go start a record label too if you think it's something different. Like yeah. in my head, I was just kind of like, I'm doing something from a really core place right. of truth, which is I'm a fan, right. right? So on my label, there's just musicians and bands that I like to listen to. Yeah. There, people are always like, oh, what genre? What if it, I'm like, the my whatever right. I like. If I like it and I think it's so good that I want other people to know about it, right. then I know I'm on the right path. So yeah. for me, this is like, this is my pet project. This is my personal right. thing. This is, yeah. I'm just making up my own rules, doing what I want to do. And yeah. because I'm keeping it to that core of like me, then... I don't think it could ever be wrong. Like, you cannot go wrong just trusting what you love. Well, and a lot of that jealousy, or a lot of that hate comes from jealousy. A lot of times I feel like people maybe see you pursuing something and taking that risk, and they're like, well, in my personal life, I'm not doing anything. Well, and also, so. it looks kind of crazy, right? <laughs> like, you're like, who is this person right, who right. decides they're going to just start yeah. a website oh. and go talk to bands and, like, book a venue? and right. like, like Every time who bands... Does, who is this person? Where'd she come from? And I'm just kind of like... You can do this too with anything you love. Yeah, like, exactly. Literally, you like beer? Go make some beer in your yeah, garage. Yeah. You like, uh, you know, art? Go, yeah. go paint some pictures and get yeah. in a gallery. Like, it is not hard to do the thing you love. It's uh, hard to it, start it for it, a lot of people. Well, and I think it's a little hard to be like, it might fail. Yeah. 
Sure. And this is like, yeah. this is, I was and telling Ben, this is my superpower. Yeah, this is my superpower, though. And I'm, I guarantee you, like, especially as many bands as we see in a year for just different events and stuff, like Freeform, uh, like, they walk in. They've talked to us. We've done emails and stuff. They don't expect two dads. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> that are, you know, I'm in my 40s, too. I got three kids. Yeah. And they're like, who are these Yeah, I guys? never, I <laughs> never, ever, ever posted a picture of myself on the Radio Kick Records, like, sure. Instagram, on the sure, website, sure, nothing. Sure, sure. And um, this Until summer. Today. Well, no, this summer. <laughs> We celebrated five years. Uh, we did the. I've got to book the Way Out Beer Fest, which yep, I will want to talk about. Congratulations, at some point, by the way, because that cool. thing was phenomenal. Yeah. And um, the people at Pax Brewing—they're just the greatest group of business people and friends. Absolutely. And, I mean, I can't say enough good things about that place. But um, we took pictures, me and all the bands, and I remember being like, "Oh man, the gig is up! Like people are gonna know it's this mom <laughs> in her forties." <laughs> but that makes it cooler, though. I sort of just just like leaned cooler. into it yeah. and went, "You know what? I'm not embarrassed of it. Like, well, it's and cool." I, and I think like one thing that like I've learned in my uh, development through different business models and stuff, and just like you know, making mistakes or d- making a wrong step, and then learning from that and figuring out what to whittle away and how to kind of cut out the fat, if you will. You know, a lot of labels just had so much going on. I had to learn how to kind of dial it in a little bit more. But I've gotten to the point where the people who would say something negative to me, I just like I've learned to be like, hey, we're not for everybody, and that's okay. Yeah, and, and I'm okay. And with I'm that, not. I'm not know? claiming to be yeah. like an expert in anything, right. right? So like, I do some booking for bands that want to help with that i do a little bit of marketing i do you know some management um i also release the music for almost everyone that i work with except for one of them i mean i kind of run the gamut of the things i do but i'm not saying like i'm the best at this i'm not trying to help make sure everything is central we're just a team right and so if you feel like you're gifted at a certain area of this work you do that part and i'll take the slack on the part that you don't feel like and we'll just like trade off so my role is different literally with every band and artist I work with because it's based on what they have the desire and the time to do. And, um, you know, I, you, I'm i not an expert in any of it. So I'm just kind of learning as I go. Right, absolutely. Yeah, and I don't know if you've ever, uh, like, proposed this to people, but, like, I always tell people that want to work with me for, like, graphic, photo, video, I always tell them, you can do it yourself. And this is exactly how you would do it for yeah. yourself for free. But, and I want you to try that. Yeah. And I want you to try to do it by yourself. Yeah. Because then when you, either you do it and you succeed and you're like, oh, I'm a marketer now. Awesome. Right. And they never needed me in the first place. <laughs> or then they really see, oh man, like I have no idea what I'm doing. And then they come to me, they're like, oh, well you've done it. Because like sometimes, you know, you know, maybe you'll give a suggestion for something and the band's like, I don't need to do that. Yeah. Or like, I, you know, that's silly. You just, you just think that like, well, you're coming to me and I'm the one who's at least, <laughs> maybe you're not the expert, but you spend all your time trying to be the best version of that. So yeah, like, yeah. there's a reason why you hire a plumber or a carpenter because you don't want to destroy your house. It's kind of like you don't want to destroy your music. Yeah. You need to have good marketing and all that. And you can do it yourself, but it's really hard. And it's usually better if you get a team and someone who is really good at that one thing. Mm-hmm. And then you guys work together. And, and and we're really big on mental health. We talk about this a lot in this podcast. Like we as 45 really want to establish empowering artists. Mm-hmm. Even from the DIY side, we'll say like, you can do this. Yeah. I can show, I'll even show you how. Yeah. I'll meet with you. We can have coffee. Yeah. We'll go through this. But the difference is the artists that we pick to work with um, and, and how that shakes out business model wise is because a lot of times they're just like, I just want to mess with it. I, you know, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot of emailing it's a lot of sure. mm-hmm. scheduling and so but i want artists to know like you can do this well like, you know what's funny i i, I that's a great interesting point because i don't even think of it that way i always look at it like artists 
there's some that are like business people, sure. right? And like St. Aubin, for instance, he is a really incredible <laughs> business Trevor. person. He's awesome. And yeah. the thing about Trevor is he looks at his art as a business, yeah. which is a super cool way to look at it. And he and I get along really well in terms of like, you do this part, I do this part, you do mm-hmm. this part, I do this part, yep. you work on this. And it just, it flows. Then there's other artists that like, they just want to make art. The, yeah. the reason they're mm-hmm. an artist is the yearning to create songs, write songs, and right. perform songs is in them. All the other stuff is BS to them. And they don't really want to be a part of any of it. Don't feel talented for it. Don't feel driven to do it. Then you know what? It's probably better I do it for sure, you because sure. you're not interested in it. Sure. And that will come off and come right. across and when, you, the music try, when you try to do it. Knows. Yeah. So like there's the gamut. There's the person that's really wants to do it all for themselves. And there's the person that doesn't want to do any of it. Sure. And But they're so talented. Their art should be in the world. Right. Absolutely. So I feel like I just kind of. Each situation, I fill in the gap where I think yeah. the gap is yeah. needed. And that works, I think, differently for everybody, too. Because, like, for us, like, it just works differently because I also, the artists we do end up working with, I want them to know how passionate we are about them. Like, we talk yeah. about Shadeland and stuff off Yeah, air. we should talk about that yeah. because yeah. I always think about, um, so I have a weird rule, like, you can't ask me to be on my label. Right. It's like this little rule I made up sure. for myself because friends were starting to say, oh, look what she's doing. Oh, she's working with these bands. Oh, I'm going to ask to be on her label. And I just kind of made this rule for myself like, nope, I'm only going to work with people that I pursue. Yeah. Because it has to come from this really authentic, yep. true, organic place, right? It has to be, I was so into your music that I was compelled to come <laughs> over and yeah. be like, I want to work with you. So we do that on, on DIY Booking. We I literally, we were talking about this in a previous episode that like I'll do an hour phone call with any artist interested. I'll, I'll chat with you because I want to meet people. I love- Oh, I want to meet and everyone. I and I want to network with everyone. But I will- tell them right off the bat we're not for everybody and my job is to convince you not to do this yeah because it's not for everybody but the artists that we do end up uh choosing they work with an agent and i let my agents pick who they want because i want my agent to be so excited when they get those little successes they get them on a festival they put together a run and we don't do long runs we do short tours we pitch this all the time but like i love when I get an, a recap weekly from my agents being like, oh, my God, I locked in this. I'm working on this. Like, Because I'm like, if you're trying and you have heart for it, that artist is going to benefit so well, much Well, and more. what's really funny about this is, right, like most of us aren't doing this for our main source of income, right? I don't, like, do, I don't even get paid. I, me neither. So none <laughs> of I have a day job. So li- li- I, do. I do too. But your okay, side is services. Different. That's different. Yeah, no, it's a little different. Yeah, yeah. But I think that because it, it, it literally well i mean maybe someday we'll all be rich from it right that's, that's the pipe dream but and, and we <laughs> as long as we're having fun as we're going towards that that's the key, then that's yeah, the key sure. but i think because it's not something i'm doing to make money or feed myself right. or support my family in any way then it has to be something i'm feeling inspired to do passion. because i yeah passion and so you know i i'm pretty funny about how i pick who I want to work with like one I have to love your music because this all started from just and that's why I like the label idea because I have a label it's my personal project I'm asking you to come be on it sure you know whereas if I just said I was a manager I was a media company they're hiring me and they're like it's more clinical I think it's a different it's a different um, stereotype in people's heads yeah so in my head it's like I have a little project I'm doing I want you know Music I love to yeah. be on it. Absolutely. But I have a second thing, which is you have to be a good person. Good. So I do my research. I call everyone. I talk to people. I ask around. I, you know, before I work with you, I got to know, like, you're a solid, good. Do you call your parents? Oh, I wish. No. <laughs> I just ask around. Like, it's like uh... do you know about these people? Well, actually, here's the thing is That'd everyone. amazing. <laughs> everyone I worked with, I already knew yeah, up yeah. until this year. So sure. Bingo Boys and St. Aubin were the first 
people I didn't already know. Okay. So I approached Trevor. I found him. I was a fan. I oh, followed I his content. Amazing, yeah. yeah, I followed his content. I went and saw him live. I like did my research. I asked around. I made sure this person. And then I was like, I just want to meet you. Like literally, it was just let's meet and talk. And we hit it off, and I could just there was a kindred spirit there. Yeah. So then it was like, hey. I, you know, I asked him to be on my label and he said, no, Ben. Yeah. No, <laughs> so, I get it. <laughs> and then he was like, but would you like to be my manager? I was like, let's call it whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. I just want to work with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Like, I want to get your art out into the world because yeah. I think you have some. There's artists that aren't 45 artists. Um, and our thing, we don't we don't do contracts or anything. Everything is kind of like malleable to what they have going mm-hmm. on year to year because, yeah. again, we're big on mental health and people's lives come first. Right. So yeah. but like there are artists that I adore that aren't doing fortified stuff, but I will go to every show. Yeah. I will promote other shows. I promote Trevor's stuff all the time. Yeah. Uh, because I just am like, you guys need to go. When you just support people that yeah. you think are good as yeah. artists, but also as people. Yeah. Like Shadelin, can I not, I cannot say enough good things about them. They're phenomenal artists, yep. but also, and live artists, right? Yeah. So, like, oh it's one God. thing to They're be, live it's shows. one thing to have great yeah. albums and great yeah. songs, but like, they perform every show, whether there's four people or yep. 400 people. Like, Which it's is hard like to it's find an a, that does that. Like, it's an arena tour. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, yeah. they deliver every time. So, yeah. it, they're phenomenally talented. But then beyond that, they're such good people. So let's do, uh, we're going to segue into our one-hour conversation about Shadeline. <laughs> uh, I, I could talk for hours about this band. Okay, let's do this. Let's, let me let's lay talk on the about floor. this band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's do this. Let's get it out of the uh, way. I'm excited. Okay, so uh, I'm going to have you go first, but like for me, Shadeline was a, a uh, live music experience the first time I actually experience Shadeline. It wasn't the recordings. Mm-hmm. It was a saw them live and then I went back and went through the catalog. Yeah, same here. Same and here. I think, but I mean I was early, early fan. Okay. Like way back in the day. I think I came in at Red Giant. I think that was yeah, my so was it was an that. album release show or it was right before that, but I remember it was at what is now a defunct venue called the Rock House on the south side of Indy. Oh I was at that show. And was it Red Giant they released? Uh, no, that was this ghost. It was this okay. Yeah, and I believe that was my first experience. So uh, that was for my me. brother's so band opened up for them. Who was your brother? So team? it was in Calico, the first band on my label. <gasps> who was at the show? Yeah. So just just a quick yeah. side note. I forgot about that. I have no right. idea who Shadlin is. What type of music are they? <laughs> prog. In I, my I mean, I would Very say prog rock some people some call levels. them prog rock. Yeah. I call them indie rock because if you yeah. really listen to their catalog, there's. There's actually a wide gamut of not heavy songs cool. as well. And I think the newer stuff, too, is a little bit more like It's you gotten said, softer. Yeah, but it, I, the it, older stuff. I mean, these guys oh, started yeah. in high school. Oh, I mean, their original the old, angst was Their old stuff, up. there was screaming. And nice. it was oh, definitely, yeah. there was punk in it. You but know? the progressions are just yeah. unreal. Awesome. Like, yeah, they're really good. But okay, go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. So my first Shadeland show was at Birdie's. <laughs> probably, I was probably mm-hmm. there. <laughs> they, they were playing with a band called Project Bottle Cap. No, which I didn't know that. The lead singer of Project Bottle Cap was this kid, Pat. It was phenomenal. But um, also in that band was the drummer, Alex Bond, who was in a punk rock band with my brother. So okay. I've known this kid since he was like 12. Sure. And um, Jason Thomason was in that band, okay. who ended up in Encalico, which my brother was also in, right. and the Ataris and all that. So uh, Shadeland was just this band that came on, I think, before them. I want to say they opened up. Maybe they, yeah, they were pretty new. Okay. It was probably 2004, 2003. Okay. 
2004, I That's think. why I wasn't there. I was at IU. Yeah. And um, they- I was like seven. They were young. They, it was like a boy band. Yeah. I mean, they're going to kill me if they hear this episode. I hope they, they hear me We're going to tag the crap They're out not a boy it, band. Yeah. But they, I mean, they were just young. And they were like all super handsome and yeah. super talented. And you just couldn't help but right. to be like, who is this band? Yeah. And um, I remember saying to my brother afterwards, like, oh, my God, this is going to be the first famous band from indie. They're going to be big. Like, they're going to, they yeah. could, you know, I felt like they could be huge. Yeah. From hearing them one time in one club. Yeah. But, you know, that that's not who they were. They all, like, are normal guys who have, like, normal lives and yeah. jobs and families and wives and homes yep. and mortgages and the whole thing. And they've still been consistently putting out good music for yeah. almost 20 years. I think that's a big thing, too, when you say that they have, you know, they had family and kids and all that. Like, I actively write music, play music, but I also now have my own property. I have a fiancé. Um, ben has asked me this question before. If, if we had the option to go tour for three months, I'd say no. I think the very most that I personally would want to put our band into is maybe a week run and do it maybe once every... And I know that's not the way to right. progress, you know, to be a major label band, but I do the music because I like it and I don't necessarily want us to be a major label band or we're just so... Like, people love us so much, and exactly. we're so underground that, like, we put up a show, and it sells out like that. And there yeah. are bands that do that. There are bands that do that. I think, it's way cooler, I think. I think. That, I think what I like about Shade the Loons is that they're they're unapologetic about the fact that they're not going to go tour the country right. and play little, like, pe 10 people come to sure. see them kind of clubs. But if they ever had the chance to, to do something big mm. that, and it was financially viable, they would not say no, they're I don't think. Go. Yep. Yeah, but, you know... And so for me, that's a fun challenge. It's like, how can I make this band big yeah. without doing all the normal things you'd have to do to sure. become a big band, sure. right? And it's possible nowadays, too. Yeah, nowadays, yeah. who knows? I they... mean, I have I have artists that, you know, have been around for a really long time that had very varied experiences on touring, and they're doing it better than they've ever done, but they're older, they're kind of seasoned, they they mm -hmm. view it differently, yeah. and they learn the tricks of the trade, you know? Like What's they're not cool about To this... not have double stacks and just play and your bedroom. And eat at McDonald's every night. Play your, yeah. play your bedroom amp, oh mic God. it up. Oh my God, just the places people sleep when they're on tour and the whole thing, like yeah. it's just, it's a young man's game, right? So yeah. like, oh, yeah. and I have a young band that's out there doing it, and cool. Bingo Boys, and they, I mean, I feel like they could tour the country, they could sure. tour the world, they're set up in a way that they could do it. They're not, none of them yeah. have families yet. You know, they don't have serious careers, and they are making phenomenal music. So yeah. they're a band that I'm like, okay, we could go that route and do that thing that like smaller bands can do. And then there's the other band that I'm like, okay, you know, yeah, I'm not gonna book Shadeland on a three week run anywhere. But their music is so good that if I, you know, we put out music and we have a show, people come, we instantly have fans. Like. People, they're still they're still touching and reaching yeah. people yeah, through their music. Yeah, so it's just a different. They're both in different. It's all different. Uh, it's like a different game for each band. And I think if you're flexible and willing to go, I want to help at whatever level you're yeah. at. Then you know. It's interesting to me because like I'll get an artist booked on a festival. Um, there's a really cool festival in um, Davenport, Iowa called um, Alternate, Alternating Currents. Mm -hmm. And I got a couple artists on it last year and we built this relationship with uh, the buyer out there and artists that I also think would do great out there. It's interesting for them to be like, we like this one, not this one. I'm like, really? 
Yeah. It's just, it's very, very. Music is super funny like it that. It really it's, is. Subjective. It's all yeah. very subjective. Yeah. And they might love it and the crowd might hate it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I like, we do a podcast called Let's Play 10. Me and my good friend MP Cavalier and him and I send music back and forth all the time. And like, I'll be like, man, this album is so great. I'm totally playing this song on the next episode. He's like, let me listen to it. And, and then he'll be, be like, like, eh. He's like, eh. He's like, you can play that if you want. I'm like, well, I'm going to. <laughs> but funny. it's weird to me because like, we'll click on a lot of stuff. Yeah. And the one that I'm like, this is for sure going to send him over. He's like, nah, wasn't feeling it. And it's just wild to me sometimes. That's a beautiful part of art. It is. It is. It's, it's, I and, do love and it. And it is yeah. art, right? So yeah. that's what I like. I love when uh, bands are making decisions about things like their merch or their album cover or their this or their that. And they're asking me. And my my answer usually is always the same, which is you're the artist. You you have to decide the things that are. You're the one yeah. making the art. Once that part's done, then I will collaborate and help with you about how we're going to push that art out into the world. Yeah. But while it's forming, I don't want any say in like the part that's the art because you're making art. That's a really personal that's thing. Interesting to me because I love the whiteboard, which is what we call them. Sure. They're whiteboard sessions with artists, and it's for them to just get a, a an unbiased opinion. They'll be like, "Okay, we have these three ideas," and I'm like, "I'll okay. always give them my honest I'll, opinion." Yeah, and yeah. I'm always like, "This is but my opinion." But if they're opinion, like, yeah. "What order should we put these songs in?" I've played that game with them once. I did that dance with them once, and it was really stupid. And I'm never gonna do it again. <laughs> I've never done that. <laughs> like, and, I've never and, done and, that. Yeah. And um, you know, because I'm like, wait, I'm not a member of your band I'm not the one making right. the art yeah. you're the artist make the art and I am like your biggest fan I really am coming from the standpoint of I'm not the artist I love the merch you. game yeah I love making merch the merch game is my favorite because I like thinking outside the box but I also like helping the artist make as much money on the road as they can mm -hmm. like it's not super hard to get a paid gig but that paid gig can cover gas tolls whatever have you the merch is where you really start the to kind of build business. that side. Yeah. yeah and the, I mean, I, I wish everybody would go on the record label website and buy all my merch. Like, the merch is the way that we get right. to keep sure. doing this. Sure, sure, sure. You know, sure. I, it really is. Well, yeah. And I just, I love the creative aspect of it. Like, one that we've done uh, for one of our shows, and then we've taught other artists as coasters. Like, you might go play a venue that has a bar in it, but you, those bartenders always need coasters. Mm -hmm. So those coasters stay behind. So yep. maybe somebody didn't come to your show, but they see a QR yeah, code underneath really their beer. They're like, what is that? Yeah, yeah stickers yeah. are important. Love I love I love stuff, guitar yeah. picks. I yeah. like I like uh, beer koozies. Like there's I think there's really interesting cool the band under five dollar market. Yeah, is amazing because and you can give it away. Can it. Yeah, you can give it away. Give it away. Anybody can buy it. It's a low commitment. You know, if if someone doesn't want to buy a twenty dollar thirty dollar shirt, they might love you. They might not see themselves wearing the shirt. Yeah. yeah. Some people buy it because they just want to support you and they're gonna throw it. In oh their my closet. god! You know what this reminds me of? Remember that show that you went to, the Shadeland show? Yeah. They had a bunch of merch, and yeah. one of the things they were selling was keychains. Right? They yeah. Little Shadeland bottle, these, bottle yeah. opener uh -huh. keychains. So I put one on my keys, and I swear to you, I, I still have it on my keys. That's awesome. Yeah. And. I swear it was like mental programming leading up to the label. Like I'm telling you, for years and years and it, years. Yeah, there was like a subliminal message yeah, telling yeah, yeah. you, do something with this yeah. band, do something with this band, do something with this band. And then I eventually one of my, my go ahead. Okay. Like, one of my favorite merch moments of all time. I was in a band and we were playing in Ohio. My dad came down to go see us. And I mean, it's funny. It was this place called Tree Bar, which I love. I I hope they're still. I don't know if they. Are. I don't think they are. Yeah, it was Cincinnati. it was a venue about this big. Oh wow! And it was awesome. an old house they That's converted. Very cool. My dad came down, bought all of our merch, and threw it in the crowd. We had oh nice. What this, a good dad! Packed in this little room. There was about <laughs> sixty people, and all these kids. It was like there was punk bands. Mm -hmm. I was in a rock band. We had kids crowd surfing. People were throwing drinks oh, at us. Fun. It was the best show I've ever played. And I we walked in, and we're like, this show's gonna suck because yeah. the venue. 
the, you know, it's it was a great venue, but it was smaller. You know, it just sometimes the best shows but are in the it crappiest was the best venues. Show. Right? I told them too. Yeah, no, sometimes. it was amazing. I was like, it's gonna be. And got, you remember them for the rest we got of your paid life. Paid the most. They yeah. asked us to come back. They covered our entire bar tab. We sold all. I mean, my dad bought the merch, but we sold all the merch. <laughs> and my dad bought it and threw <laughs> it into the crowd. Oh it was my the God, best. What a good dad. And he was like, he was like, where's that's the merch? So where's the rest of it? I'm like, someone else has to buy it. <laughs> so great. My no, favorite. So great. My favorite merch was I, I forget the band name. They're out of Nashville though. They played the old hi-fi that was 200 people before the expansion. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. I want to say it was Daniel Ellsworth and the Great Lakes. I could be wrong on this. Uh, which by the way, they're still around. They're really great. Go check them out. But they had car air fresheners of each member. Oh, that's a good thing. Too. And they were sent. And they were oh, sent in them of each member. Oh, and I was like, it. that's freaking brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love and guess it. what? They sold out of them all the time. Yeah. The lead singer was like, he's like, we can't keep them in stock. I'm like, that's so cool. Yeah. Cost them probably, what, 60 some cents to make those. Yeah, and they like put their own picture on thousand of them. And they sold them for like $3 a pop. And <laughs> I love making merch. I think it's really fun. And I like the the, the coffee that Trevor did. Yeah, I thought it was so awesome. Tinker's so cool, too. We've got all kinds of cool ideas with all of our future bands. And one of the things that I want to do someday, and I've sort of bullied my friend who owns a brewery into talking about it with me is I'd like to do I'd like to do beer can albums I'd like to do some kind of combination of a beer release and a music release and this town is the perfect place for it India is such a beer place so many breweries it's such a it's such a music place I mean can we talk about how many awesome venues in this tiny little city like what this place is actually wonderful and I've just I like the collab idea of I think merching and collabing with other local businesses is just Oh, it's awesome. brilliant. Well, yeah. we did um, – so we did a series called the Sky- Indie Skyline Sessions in 2019, which was a rooftop series on Mass Ave. Oh, I remember when you guys were doing that. Yeah, and, I lived in Florida then. And uh, my good friend, Eddie, who is part of Big Lug, owner of Big Lug and uh, half leader in a bunch of the Psalms-related places, uh, he did all the catering for us, Very which was cool. really cool. Really nice. And we kept talking about um, putting together where we had a Indie Skyline beer like label on it and he was like I'm in let's do it something ended up happening because there's all types of it's uh, hard it's right hard. there's a lot of variables man, we're we still the, talking about how we would do we it we had the artwork laid out he was all in we were so excited to try to get that done it just didn't hammer out we did out. the koozies though we did the koozies yep. as like a backup but like yeah I, I think that's such a cool idea I know that um, Fountain Square Brewery um, used to do like um, uh, music artist related uh, covers on their beers yep. and things like that. And, they and did lots it for of bands do collabs yeah. with breweries. Yeah. Lots of people do um, like Kumas does the burger, right? Yeah. The burger of the month. Like there's all kinds of cool collabs out there. I, I still am not sure what it would look like, but I want something to be a little bit deeper than that. Sure. Like the music yeah. brings you to the beer and the mm-hmm. beer brings you to the music yep. somehow. I was going to say. So something really collaborative that drives our customer base to each other. Go ahead. An oh. industry tip for anyone that's doing merch. If you can sell your merch without your name on it, it's a good piece of merch. In the sense of if the design is cool enough and you happen to just that have they your don't name, even know who you are, they don't but they'll buy are. it. But, yes. but what it does, and I love that because we did that with Skyline, yeah. uh, where the, it had this great astronaut holding a balloon and people would just know it because of the, the correlation. Yeah. Or it was a, what's that shirt? What is that? And guess yeah. what? The we question. are the best front line to be like, let me tell you all about this. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, what uh, Fountain Square did also, I was going to say, that was kind of cool is they did a thing with uh, bottled beer in a six pack for their wholesale where it came with QR codes for the band they were representing so people could scan and get the music. Oh, that's very cool. So just yeah. another fun yeah, idea. We, yeah, we've talked about QR codes. There's all kinds of things. Um, 
I don't know how involved you were with the the post festival people. The guys they did that release at PAX, uh, the yep. post beer. The beer was delicious, and awesome. they were like pouring it freely at all the post shows. Yeah, and yeah. Shadeland played the pre fest show at Black Circle, yeah. and um, yeah, I remember really cool. being like, I think the ma- the cross marketing is phenomenal. Oh, like is, you're yeah. not just supporting this label you're not supporting these bands you're not supporting this this venue now you're supporting a local brewery like yeah. it, there's and community and community yeah. like it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and i love how merch can do that it can kind of cross market all different types of well businesses. and like back in the day like when uh we were in school um you know i found out about bands because people had um uh, badges or pins on their backpacks mm-hmm. or they went to a show and they had a t-shirt because we didn't have social media back yeah, then. Yeah, pins were the thing. And I'd be I like, brought you a Shadeland pin. Yeah, I love it. yeah. <laughs> but I was like, and I, and I still keep all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, But like, it's just funny to me because I'd be like, oh my gosh, who's that band? They're like, oh my yeah. God, you don't know Stabbing Westward? And I'm like, yeah, you know. Yeah. And it would just be this thing, you know, or you would go to shows and you didn't have a way to listen to the um, opening bands yet because, you know, we were kids. We didn't have $40 to go buy three mm-hmm. CDs mm-hmm. and prep for a show. And we didn't have Spotify, right? Right. So we so didn't we, even, we, we didn't would just know show up and be like, music. all right, what do you got? Yeah, like, they, I remember seeing Chevelle before anyone knew who Chevelle was. There yeah. was this little band out of Chicago opening for Filter, and I want to say Oleander. And it was just like, I was like, who is this band? You found out <laughs> because your friends would put them on a mixtape or somebody would hand yeah. you an old tape of theirs. Oh, yeah. Or like, it was so different back then. But I, I'm not anti any of the technology we have now. Like, I love that. You can mention a band on your podcast, and I can go listen to it immediately yeah, in yeah. my car or on my phone. Yeah, and I, I, the world is at my fingertips now, right? Like I can hear a band from anywhere. I, th- I think I like that. I think as fans, I agree. I, I don't disagree with you on any yeah, level. There's no excuse saying I can't find any bands. I, no, now you really can find anyone. And if you can anything, share. It's, it's too much. It's, it's saturated, right? Yeah. yeah, it's a lot but of. But I think for me, like I do, I do feel for the artists when they have the discussions about the Spotify and those things, and and I get it. I do also think there's benefits to it. I think I've reframed my thinking to yeah. think of it like it's what the radio used to be is what streaming is sure. now. Sure. So like to me, Spotify is just the radio station. I'm sure. turning it on to, and what's cool is it's a radio station. I get to choose the pl- the player list of, yeah. you know, but for me, it's just a way to promote your music beyond your, but really you should be focused on getting a fan base in your town Getting a following on social media that wants to come see your concerts live, you know, selling your merch, selling your music. And that if you're doing that, then eventually your Spotify streams will make you money. It's reframe (laughs) the game so that it's. But don't be mad at something that's helping you. It It doesn't serve us to be mad at it. I think it's reframe the game of what 60s, 70s and 80s were and even the early 90s of having to go to live shows and for bands to play live shows to really kind of build it out. But it's also then asking the bands to put on a show. Like, I think we got to such a stale point, in my opinion, in the early 2000s where, like, I'd go see a show and the band's already standing up there and they're just waiting for the guy, the engineer, to go, okay, start. And they'd all start playing as prior, uh, uh, in contrast to, like, the lights go down and the drummer goes on stage and starts playing. I love the theatrics yeah, of the show, right? Yeah, and I'm just show, like, where right? did all yeah. this go? Like, because I'd be at Birdie's, you know, yeah, or, yeah. or you know, and everyone's just like, okay, can we start? Okay, great. And they would just go, and I'm like, nothing? I'm like, no, it's yeah. a, no build-up, no anticipation. There's like, still some bands doing great theatrics. I think that's forced, I, though, now. Yeah. Like, I think it pushed them back. Sure. Forced not in a bad yeah. way. Forced in a, we gotta, how are we going to win these people over yeah, so that they yeah. go get our music or run to the merch booth after? Yeah. And that, I think, has really challenged the artists to step that up which i love i personally. love it too i love i love all the theatrics of a good live show yeah. 
when uh, Ben and I are watching live shows, the number one thing we connect on is a, the dead space. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the dreadful dead space. Or like drives me tuning on stage and not Or don't you just love having... a band that talks a bunch in between songs? Like, yeah. oh, my God. That okay, so, and that's me being sarcastic. So, so my favorite thing is a band that will be not, you won't even hear their talking voice till five songs in. Right. Like, they're just, they're just here to rock your brains out. It. And then eventually they'll, one little liner or one little joke or, or like, like, like uh, just something. But if you ha- feel like you have to do a full monologue in between every single song, I, I don't know. I mean, unless you're the funniest person on yeah, the planet. Or you're a really good storyteller. Yeah. Like, they're yeah. like, uh, Ryan Some and people, Different genres. Different, different yeah. people could do it. Ryan if and you're Bruder, talented at it. Yeah, Bruder. Ryan and Brewer, or, uh, Otis Gibbs. Um, these artists do amazing storytelling in between their shows, yeah. and I love that. Ben Gage out of Ohio does yeah, an amazing job. Yeah, that's part of the art, though. Steve if Robert, it's but, part of your art. But if but, it's, you're just chatting us up. If you strum out a chord and you're like, hey, thanks, that was a new song. Okay, three seconds I'll give you. If it hits four to five seconds, oh, my eyes are rolling. It. I'm like, oh my God, let's yeah. go. <laughs> like, That's your, I don't know. Did you grow up listening to punk rock? That's a punk rock tendency, I feel like. That whole, the one song leads into the next song, into yeah. the next song. I love that. Yeah, I was like, yeah. they're like, here's 20 songs in yeah. 16 minutes. I'm like, let's you go. Need yeah. go the bing- you need to go see the Bingo Boys. You idiot. need to go see the Bingo Boys because their whole set is like 20, I do want to see them. 23 minutes max. Yeah. And, their entire catalog. And, and yeah, and literally each song that you, that maybe there's half a breath yeah. in between when it ended and when the next one started. It's like you, you hear the last guitar strum, and then you're oh, da, 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 and then they start again. Like oh, it's, it's my, adrenaline. One it's of my awesome. favorite shows I got to do was they're not a band, uh, same formation. They've reformed, but the uh, Carmichael was amazing, and they were doing an album release show at the White Rabbit, which I love the White Rabbit. Um, yeah, and, yeah can, oh, can and, we just say? Yeah. Also, female-owned female venue. One of Deborah is amazing, yeah. and yeah. I'm a huge fan of that yeah. place. Her, and her husband's great, too. Yeah, they, I love her they are great, and I feel like they treat everyone so kindly. Oh, their staff the is kind. I miss doing the place shows is there. great. Um, but so Carmichael is doing this album release. Packed show, and they get uh, good friends of theirs where they recorded the album out of New York called Fat Heaven. And I was like, man, they're like punk rock. Is this going to work? And, and they're like, yeah, yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. So they get on stage. And I'm really excited to see him. And the guy gets up there. He goes, "All right, we got an album over there. There's 16 tracks. Here's all 16." And then he just <laughs> tore through it. I was like, That's "This great. is so good." And I'm watching the room because Carmichael's a totally different sound, and everyone's like, "Yeah, all right." And I'm like, "Man, it truly is just like a melting pot of what a people good band is a good to. band." Yeah. And they did. They knocked out all 16 tracks. They're like, "Thanks, we're Fat Heaven." And just walked on stage. I, I was love like, it. Nice. <laughs> that was amazing. I um I was thinking about this town just recently because I was like what am, what are we gonna talk about and like my love for indie like why do why do I love you know music in yeah. this town and why like why even start a label in this town like yeah. what what it's the the music uh, scene here is so diverse like it's punk rock and then there's indie rock but yeah. then there's also hip hop and yeah. then there's awesome rappers and then there's electronic music and then there's metal and then there's you know just this huge diverse and then not even like singer songwriter country there's all the, there's all these different scenes and they kind of all get along with each other yeah. mm-hmm. and everyone's really on any given night you can go anywhere in this town and hear really great music from yeah. all different varieties and i just i think that this city is like a secret like it pe- is and people it's hard to get people know. who aren't in it yeah it's it's the circles are always going to the shows but it's really hard to get people outside the circles to buy in yeah that's like, why I love things like I love things events like Tonic Ball right so you, oh, I love yeah, Tonic, Tonic Ball is one of my favorite nights of the year because yeah. you get to see it's all brilliant. these different local musicians that yeah. you wouldn't normally go see and then you like them and you're going to go see them when they play their stuff or they form one off bands just for yeah, Tonic Ball yeah which is so fun which yeah. is super cool yeah I think I love the Fountain Square super groups yeah 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 
That's so mm-hmm. great. But like the cool part about Indy, in my opinion, is it's such a stop off point that um, you're on your way to Chicago or to a bigger city to play these bigger shows. One of the reasons me and Bram created the Freeform concert series on a Wednesday, and everyone's like, a Wednesday? I'm like, they're right. On their way to their they're next on their city. way to yeah. a big weekend show. And I don't yeah. want to compete with all the weekend shows here yeah. in the city because there's no, we don't need more of those. What we need is we need more support for artists so that when they're on the road, they have opportunities to do things differently, mm-hmm. connect, um, and take away some of the red tape, like, you know, 21 and over clubs, paying for tickets, yeah. things like that, because it's hard to do on a Wednesday. It doesn't yeah. mean it can't be done. It doesn't mean that I don't go to Hi-Fi on a Wednesday yeah. to see a band that I love. Oh, I this for on sure tour. will for someone I love. And yeah. it's for the fans, too, because, you know, some people have kids... Yeah. soccer games on the weekends and they yeah. can't do a f- late Friday night and yeah. Wednesday night some people it breaks up the week it's right. a date night it's whenever they want it to I be I love but... all the thought you guys put into it it's really cool he did. it's cool to see like behind the scenes how you you know well it's the the thing for me has always been like my heart's always been in the right place like I've yeah. like I've got to help multiple bands go over to the UK um, and now I get to help some artists that actually want to tour the UK in a very different model but like taking three indie groups and sending them to the UK everyone's like how are you going to do that that's insane I'm like mm-hmm. I don't know I'm going to figure it out because I just yes, I, that is the I always wanna, the greatest answer I'm going to figure it out Yeah, I want to see and I want to say that I at least tried Yeah, it may not yeah. be the biggest success it, you know but like I can like I want Cole Woodruff was one of the artists I sent over there and I love Cole's music and we were talking about it recently like it's just he's like man that was such a crazy experience he's like it feels like a lifetime ago it was a great market for him too yeah and it was a great market for him you know and he did a we did a thing where he bought the guitar there played the whole tour and then we donated the guitar on the radio show at the very end of the show (laughs) but it's those little things that like I mentioned earlier um, with our agents when they get to pick an artist you take so much pride in it yeah and that makes all the difference well and I think you have to not like I was saying it earlier it's my superpower you have to be not afraid to fail right right like I don't I don't care if I fail at any of this if I do well I got to spend a bunch of time doing some fun stuff with bands I love if I don't fail then awesome yeah but either way I'm not thinking about that part because I've studied people that have done amazing things. I've yeah. read all the biographies. I'm sure you have too. They fail a million times. A, a million. Away. That's yeah. not the part of the story that they're famous for. Mm. But leading up to that, they failed a bazillion times. They tried a bunch of different things. They had a bunch of lucky breaks. Maybe they're, you know, they had all kinds of help you don't know about. Sure. Like people threw money their way that, you know, yeah. it's, it's never, I don't think about like the success. I think it's about the, is it joyful while you're doing it? Are you learning? Are you growing? Um, if it ever gets boring for me, I'm going to stop. Sure. We're going to take a quick break there. I want to come back and keep talking about this. Uh, we'll be right back. This episode's Trailblazer shout-out goes to Second Helpings. For 25 years, Second Helpings has accepted donated perishable and overstocked food to prepare nutritious meals for thousands of hungry children and adults every day and distributes them free of charge through local social service agencies in central Indiana. Second Helpings also trains unemployed and underemployed adults for meaningful careers in the culinary industry. Throughout the year, Second Helpings offers a diverse mix of unique opportunities for the community to engage with the mission to address hunger today and build self-sufficiency to prevent hunger tomorrow. From live music to delicious showcases of Indy's incredible chefs to a fun, family-friendly soup competition, Second Helping strives to ensure that there is an event for everyone interested in joining the fight against hunger. If you'd like to donate or support the foundation, head to secondhelpings.org to learn more. 
right. Uh, right before I break, uh, you brought up a great point about um, those who succeed. They do tend to go through uh, these failures and uh, these missteps or just the learning process. And I think what was super hard, if I'm being honest for myself, was being able to look at those and learn from them early on. Mm-hmm. Um, it was harder for me because I took it so personal and I had to get past that. I had to do some personal work to get to a point where I could go, okay, where did I fail? Yeah. How can I do this better? Um, to say I'm sorry or to say like, you know what? Like, hey, we gave that a shot. Let's 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 uh, take a minute. Let's reassess and let's try again. Yeah. Um, that was hard. It was really hard growing point for me personally. But I do think that that has been a huge key piece to the growth of what we've been able to do with Fortify early. And for me to also learn to say like, nope, that's going to be too much. We're not ready for that. Let's because yeah. early on, man, I wanted to do everything. Well, everyone does. And then right? I burned out. Yeah. Hard. Yeah. And that was on me. But, like, I think learning how to say no or say, like, I, I love that idea, but let's let's think through it. Because Bram will come at me and he'll be like, hey, let's do this, this, and this. And I'll be like, He, he okay. tells me no to about <laughs> 98 of the 100 <laughs> ideas I give like, to let's, him. Let's think through this real quick. But, you know, I but also – I need that, though. Yeah. Like, we do uh, Thank You for the Music. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is just free music reviews where uh, Trent writes these amazing reviews of just albums we all love. Oh, that's cool. And we do it and we don't – charge for it like a lot of PR companies will we just do it and put it out and surprise the artists and yeah. it's not a critique it's just this album kicks ass it's just something you love doing and on our website it's we have the album embedded we have a page just for that artist with all of their links on there and a review of the album images of the artist and we do that because we want to give back we want to say thank you and I think those projects which he's like okay we're not this is this is just pro bono we're not really building you know like it is it's building on a different level though it's sure. it's bringing attention to your services or free form or other things that we do and i've learned that giving back is such a key piece to actually building success long term yeah and so as much as it you know can suck financially sometimes or can be just a amount of your time that maybe doesn't not each one is a home run over it all, you just if you do cool shit, whether people are watching or not, to do cool shit, eventually it does come around. That community goes, Hey, we want to be a part of this. And yeah. I think that's always been our goal is to get just a good community. That's why we're doing this podcast, is to branch out and talk to great people like you and other entrepreneurs and trailblazers, not only indie market, eventually get it out there to offer a different vantage point or perspective of what it takes to really do this yeah and i mean there's some like key things you have to like we've talked about a lot today you have to want to work with good people and you have to be a good person right that's number one but beyond that you have to put a lot of time there's a lot a lot of time it's unreal like um, i have to go home and do a bunch into of stuff. starting yeah. any of <laughs> anything that you're doing and, and if you're doing it well you're putting in a lot of time what I've found just as I've gotten older is I've watched people and I've tried to learn from what they're doing is that people that are putting in the most time, they might not be the most talented at it or know the most about it, but because they put in the most time, they don't know the they're already on. Yeah, that yeah. you get an advantage just from putting in a lot of time. So, I mean, that's huge. And then I, I think not being afraid to fail. Right. And then um, not taking it personally. Like, I, I'm a little different than you. I kind of went into it knowing, like, this is probably going to be nothing. <laughs> and then everything that happens that's good, I'm surprised. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, whoa, that's cool. Oh, look, this is cool. Oh, look. Wow, we did 25 releases. I've yeah. done 25 releases. What? For this little thing that I started just because I wanted my brother's band to have his music yeah. out there. As, as tough as it's hard to hear, I feel like you got to just know that 
some people won't care and most people probably won't care. Probably yeah. won't. And it, you have to be doing it for yourself. Yeah. 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 And, and for the you, people you're working with. And, and usually if you have like your steady, at least financially, if you have your steady income set and you know where that is, you can then do the investment things. You can right. do the things pro bono. Like you just, if you don't have your main stuff figured out, it's really hard for you then to put your energy Absolutely. and your hopes into this if everything else is not working That's right. at the same time. That's and right. I think it's great that you brought this up to kind of wrap it up is the ability to stop and go, that's really cool what I've done or I've been a part of. Yes, or, you should be grateful so for every little thing that's happened. of the people that I know. And I think that mm -hmm. was a big piece. I, did, I wasn't stopping personally like to look at that early on. And now I really look at every win that we have. And I'm like, it's so cool. We got to be a part of that. Like we got to have Calamasi out of Chicago, yeah. which is a big deal for I me know, at least. And, I know. and like – you know, for me, I don't care if there were five people there or 75 people there. Like, I got to see Calamasi do a stripped acoustic set on their way to one of the biggest festivals on the East Coast, which is called Fest. Mm -hmm. And to watch them, to meet them, for them to be appreciative. Like, it was just cool that we got to do that. Like, I They don't... were super nice. They were the best. I yeah. totally got to know them from yeah. selling merch with them. And then... um. I connected with the singer and was like, "Hey, I want to have you back in Indy to play a yeah. to play a show with us." So we'll all go. I'm gonna try to <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm gonna try to book <laughs> yeah. a show with yeah. them because it's I think covered. that'd be yeah. really and, really fun. And that's what we want. We want. So that was because of you guys. Like you built a cool space for yeah. someone like me to come and meet someone I'd never met. And that's that, what we want. We want younger. I loved people. that band, and I, want, I was like, "Oh, we'll we're gonna continue this relationship." I'm I want gonna... younger high schoolers to see bands like Calamasi, then mm -hmm. go get the album, be like, "Whoa, that's a contrast awesome. of sound." But I want that. I want artists to go, yeah, we don't normally play indie because there's not a spot or we could never yeah. get in. Now they get up, get in, and they meet somebody like yeah, you. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm going to book a show and invite you guys to be on it with us. And or now they can keep, just say, hey, yeah. we played indie yeah. at a, you know, at Freeform, and we had 75 people there. And the venues will go, okay, that's pretty cool. That means you have a good chance of drawing mm -hmm. to a ticketed show now. Like, yeah. there's so many levels to it, but that's why it's there is because we want to do that. You know? Yeah, no, I, I thought it was such a cool venue, and I really liked what you guys were doing. And it's evident that you uh, treat your artists well and we you're in it for the right <laughs> reason and all the things you know it hit all the boxes for me like I'm I, I'm not in this to to make any money right. and I'm not in Same. this for my ego I'm literally doing this because I'm a fan yeah. and I want people to hear this music like yeah. I want them to experience the joy that I've gotten from yeah. hearing these artists that's literally it and you want them to achieve goals now do I have a big dream am I a big dreamer sure. I'm sure you sure. guys are too yeah my <laughs> dream is that indie would be like the new Seattle and that every band that comes out of here people would be wanting to know about Could be. There's a lot and of that I'd up. be the new sub pop and that I went to listen I went to that I sub I went to that sub pop record store in yeah. the airport yeah. that you know they have one yeah, in the did. airport yeah, that's cool. yeah signed guitars and vinyl mm -hmm. right there in the airport awesome. like very cool and I'm like oh how cool would that be if I had a Radio Cake Records yeah. record label store in the Indy airport like I have huge dreams too oh, sure. but I would love but it us. doesn't mean any of that's gonna happen it's just yeah. you have to you have to dream big so you can keep like motivating yourself yeah. to do the mundane parts of I it. would love and I know like I don't know how it ever worked but I'd love for us to have a space like this here at the Engine Room mm -hmm. Recording Company where it's 45 in Broad Ripple doors open we Come got posters in. up from all the tours yeah, we, we help could with do him and I are just performances. But we're just like, here yeah. to like come hang out. Like just come chat. Yeah. Like it, we're not yeah. we're, you know, we're just we can pay the rent, but we're not like doing wholesale here. We're just let's like do a collective. Come on, let's, yeah. let's go plug. let's yeah. all go on a, pro a property yeah. together. Shameless plug, <laughs> ben and I uh, we'll in the cut, beginning. We'll, <laughs> 
in the beginning of the year, we're gonna uh, we always do a monthly meeting where we talk about what we want to do, and we're gonna start making it not necessarily public, but we're gonna invite our friends to come out and have coffee with us and talk about ideas that they have. Yeah. Oh, like cool! That. Yeah. So we're starting to do that in 2024, and uh, we just want to really build that community aspect. Go to a local place, mm-hmm. help promote the local place, buy some stuff there. Um, you know, set up shop. And uh, we'll talk about our stuff, but then, you know, we'll have Tyler come out. We'll have friends. Uh, we can have the guys here at Engine Room Recording, if they're not busy, come out. And then it'll be also networking and just yeah. a good hangout. And then everybody can talk about the ideas that they have. Because there's I a lot of cool great. ones I think out. for a little while, I had lived in Florida still when they were doing those, but they were doing those uh, music industry meetups. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is it. This is what we need to be doing. Like, yeah. peop- any, There's really no ecosystem here, right, yep. in this city, like there are in other Everybody cities. Everybody kind of does their own thing. Everyone yeah. kind of, and, and it, and it is a stop-off city for music. But if we want it to be bigger, then, like, people like us have to get together and start, like, collaborating and trading ideas and trading resources and getting, getting sort of people to build it here. Because yeah. I think this is the best place. I mean... Yeah. No, it's, it's a cool city. Yeah. It really is. So... Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, like seriously, I could talk me. to you for hours. I know. I'll come <laughs> yeah. back. I'll come back. I, I, uh, I um, I just, I was like, why would he want to talk to me? I, no, it's great. It's so funny because I don't think I have anything that I've built. You have plenty. You yeah, have so much. It's to share. really funny no, to be able to look great. at yourself and go, oh my god, I have something interesting that people want to talk well, that's about. That's why we're doing this. So very cool. Thank uh, you. I didn't get to tell you real quick though. Uh, I, at that rock house show, um, I was side stage and they hit the stage. And watching um, Brad play drums oh, yeah. I mean, was this solidifying thing. I was like, I always just want to see live shows. Like, he makes live shows what they are for me as a fan of all types of bands because mm-hmm. of how well he plays the drums. But he doesn't play them like a drummer who is technically trained. He plays them how he feels. And he's still one of the best drummers. Watching, you know, sticks break in half and fly all over yeah, the place. Phenomenal. And he doesn't miss a beat. I'm sitting there going, this is live I'm not music. even joking when I say he's like one of the best drummers on the planet. Oh, he's he unreal. Is. Yeah. And I, I feel really like um, privileged to work with these artists that oh, I work with. Yeah. Like I feel like they're all the best at what they do. And if they didn't live in indie, they'd be hugely Huge. famous, right? Mm-hmm. Like Shadlin for sure. If those kids had grown up in LA, Chicago, they'd be yeah. hugely famous. Yeah. They, they'd be like as big as the Foo Fighters about, in my head. It's all about networking and, and access so, resources. And yeah. so I think that it's like, I encourage everyone to go out and hear the music in this town because they're just one of many. Absolutely. But we have some of the most talented we musicians really on the planet here in we this really city. We really do. Tell us where uh, our listeners can find Radio Cake uh, information about the artists, all that good stuff. Yep. So I have a website. It's RadioCakeRecords.com. Everything's on there, all our events. Uh, we have awesome merch for sale right there mm-hmm. on the site. All 25 releases with links to go listen to them, mm-hmm. uh, little bios about the bands. Everything's right there. Okay. And and photo, don't ask her to be f- on the label. And a photo gallery <laughs> a photo gallery as well. I mean, if I, I like it when bands invite so me to come to their or, show. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, any day of the week, send me, a, send me a message to have me come to your show. I'd love to come hear your music. Sure. But um, in terms of, I've probably already taken on more than I can do as just one person, right? I'm also a mom with a career, yeah. and I'm married, and I have two kids. So, like, it's just a lot. I feel you. Yeah. I feel you. Well, thank you so much for being here. It really does mean a lot to us, and um, we hope to uh, do this again with you in the future yeah, or other excited. projects. Hopefully. I have so many friends I'm going to tell you to book on this show. Nice. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. Let's do it. All right. Thank you. Engine Room Recording Company. Located in Broderpool Village, just north of downtown Indianapolis, specializes in making your projects go. Podcasters, bands, audiobookers, rappers, singers, songwriters, and everyone in between 
The Engine Room Recording Company has the experience, the engineers, the equipment, and the environment to fuel your projects. For more information on their services, creatives they've worked beside, and gear they use, visit them today at EngineRoomRecordingCompany.com and be sure to follow them on Instagram at EngineRoomRecordingCo.